Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. The Opinion Line, Corks 96FM. Michal, good morning. Thank you very much indeed, uh, PJ. It's great to be here back in the studio. Uh, Just good Patrick's still on the way up. Um, <laughs> good. So, uh, fit, fit man like you with all that green tea and salad, you'll be grand, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Michal, how we decided uh, to cover this election campaign was to ask our listeners what they wanted to talk about and what issues were important to them. So I've got some stuff. You'll need those headphones next to you in a minute. I've got some stuff that I'm going to play back to you. But... Let's deal first and foremost with the elephant in the room. Um, on the opinion polls, Harry McGee of the Irish Times, who no doubt you've heard of and know, <coughs> Harry was doing some number crunching yesterday. And on the latest opinion polls, between yourselves and Sinn Féin, you would have 82 to 83 seats if things were to turn in, if, if votes were to be turned into seats. Are you still absolutely saying no to Mary Lou McDonald? Yes. Absolutely. And why, Michal? Well, uh, two, two, two fundamental reasons. One, and I think the recent issues around uh, the murder of Paul Quinn and the manner in which Sinn Féin and the operation dealt with that over the last 13 years goes to the very heart of my issues with Sinn Féin uh, from the moral perspective um, in the sense that they have continued uh, to justify, to be apologists for um, uh, atrocities and um, attacks on people that have no justification whatsoever and they haven't been upfront in dealing with those kind of issues mm. uh, and I think for example 13 years ago Paul Quinn was murdered yet it has taken 13 years for uh, individuals within Sinn Féin to apologise I felt Sinn Féin itself as an entity should have faced up to this much earlier yeah. but they didn't because of the influence of others who were not yeah. elected on the organisation what's, what's awkward is Michal that yeah. in the north <coughs> hands were shaken and agreements were made and, and lifelong enemies and I'm thinking of two men no longer with us Ian Paisley and Martin McGuinness mm-hmm. became not just colleagues not just government friends they put the past behind them you seem to no, refuse no. to do that. I, 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 look, we were part of the, the, the peace process. Fianna Fáil was yeah, central to the good That's Friday That's what I'm agreement. saying. When those hands but, were shaking, why no, couldn't you shake hands? This was after the peace process. 2007. 
and the IRA murdered that man. And for some reason, Sinn Féin spokespeople put people down another trail and pretended that this young man was involved in smuggling and in criminal feud. That was never the truth. I met Breach Quinn. Uh, and, uh, and the point is, who are the, there are people who are not elected dictate and organise what happens within Sinn Féin. That's a fundamental problem. Um, and we've, it's been exposed in this most recent episode. We had it also in terms of the heating initiative when Martin O'Malley, who was Minister for Finance, couldn't make a decision on the heating initiative until he got the OK from Ted Howell and Padraig Wilson, two unelected officials in Sinn Féin. That's extraordinary stuff. Do you not take direction uh, from the national no, executive? I do not in terms of, As a government minister, certainly not. No question on On policy? No. In, in terms of government memos and decisions, that's for government. Government is separate from party. In our constitution, it has to be. You're accountable to the Doyle, not to any one political party. And the problem within Sinn Féin, and there are many good members, don't get me wrong, but the elected representatives in Sinn Féin aren't, don't have uh, the, the, the overarching uh, decision-making in terms of policy. They're told what to do. Uh, and that is a fundamental difference to other political parties. And they need to change that, in my view. Um, and thirdly then, their manifesto, quite clearly doesn't hang together. And I believe they want to impose 4 billion of taxes and 16 new taxes, which given our open economy, we export everything we produce. Mm. Um, they're against free trade policy, but those taxes would choke small to medium-sized companies mm. out of existence. Because people who employ 10 mm. people, PJ, 15 people. So, it's the lifeblood of the Irish economy. We have multinationals in Ireland. We have a whole pharmaceutical industry yeah. in Ring of Skiddy. We have Apple above and we have all so, companies so, that employ thousands of people. Mm. And Sinn Féin are saying that we need to um, you know, tax them yeah. Uh, more and more and more, which would frighten away investment. So depen now, depen regardless of how the numbers fall, <coughs> regardless if it was the only way to make up 81 or 82 but, seats, but, you'd yeah. rather sit in opposition for another well, five years than do I don't accept Harry's, by the way, uh, assessment. You never of this. accept polls, I'll give you that. No, but not, not only the polls, but Harry's assessment of it. Because you, let's say the difference between a constituency poll and a national yeah. poll is very clear. The national yeah. poll will give you party ratings and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know each individual constituency. I look, it you could all names. turn out different. Well, no, you have names on the ballot paper, and yeah. people have loyalties to yeah. personals and individuals. Like Willie O'Dea yeah. in Limerick, for example, yeah. will defy any national poll yeah, in terms of the vote true. he's going to get. So my point but, is that I think we Fianna Fáil could have enough seats with Labour, Greens and others okay. uh, to form. So, but the door, um, the door is absolutely yes. closed. Mary and Louis like people are asking me that, and I think it's fair to be clear and honest. I have honest disagreement with Shane Fein on yeah. policy. I mean, I think their manifesto like, is a way... Like, I won't now. be listening. Yeah. Is there any way, Michal, and uh, you know what, I'm, I'm a bit of an old cynic, I'm around the, around the road a few times. You There's no way be, I'll yeah. be listening to in two weeks' time, well, in the national interest, in the good of the country. No, I, I made There's it no clear. way I'll do that. No. There's no way I hear that. No. Okay. No. Okay. Michal, let's go to the issues. Um, health being a huge one. Um, and waiting lists and people stuck in all sorts of terrible situations. I want to A&E is one that comes up all the time as you know we get the trolley figures here all the time and CUH is bursting at the seams. Can I bring you back to 2009? That's a long time back but there was a decision taken back then or it was recommended um, in a report to close down the uh, uh, A&E department at Mallow General Hospital. That subsequently happened. Now, it wasn't under your watch. It happened, but it was under your watch. The, the report was issued. It was under your watch. The decision was made. Um, was it still the right thing to do? I mean, when I was in government, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was Minister of Health from 2000 to 2004. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of Mallow, um, certainly people, uh, if, if you had, I mean, the bottom line is you, you will not retain senior emergency consultants or um, 
you know, um, senior consultants in, in Mallow to deal with emergency and trauma. So if you had an accident, for example, the best place for you is at Cork University Hospital. Mm. There's no doubt about that. Full. I know, but in terms, if you had a serious, if you had a heart, mm. if you had anything to do with a major organ of the body, or uh, you needed major, tra- you know, attention to a trauma. Yeah. You simply have to. That get was what good, John Higgins no, said in two thousand. And that's what John. All doctors will tell you. And that, you but, agree but, with that? I do actually, because I think the key issue is not just the hospital; it's the first responder, and it's the um, what we and our, our pre-emergency care. Uh, in other words, the ambulance uh, and so on. The emer- the um, um, emergency uh, technicians—they're key. The person who gets to you first, the first responder, is mm-hmm. actually key to sort of deal with if you're having a heart attack. That is, and, and particularly if you're within a twenty-minute yeah. half. An radius of a place like Cork University Hospital. And looking Hospital. back at it because now. Because in the past, I'm going to say something yeah, to you. Yeah. In the past, in many county hospitals, it's, a, it's arguable and, people, and consultants would tell you this, if a person had got to the major hospital first, mm. a death could have been avoided. Looking back at it now, and this was what was recommended by John Higgins, Professor Higgins in 2009 in that, in that lengthy report of his. Looking back at it now, given how bursting it seems CUH is, was it still the right thing to do? Yeah, you see, it is because the the way medicine is going, you're not going to recruit senior anaesthetists, uh, the multidisciplinary teams that you need to deal with a real emergency. Now, I do think there should be urgent care departments as we have in Bantry. There should be uh, minor injury clinics mm. to deal with a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily have to go in. And the other key point I would make is we need far more community and primary care investment. So, for example, a lot of elderly people end up in CUH and I don't think they should. We should be doing IVs out in the community in district hospitals yeah. like Clinical and other places. Part of the plan and I think that's happened. what should happen. Now, the key other point I'm going to make on that... The problem, and a lot of, and I've been out with AD, I've met the trauma consultants, I've met emergency department, I've met all of them out there, and they're saying to us their biggest problem is when they finish treating a person yes. in the hospital, they can't get the person can't out. Get the and there's a lack, a lack of rehab beds, a lack of nursing home beds. What we're saying is, and we've put into our manifesto, we would provide an extra 5 million home care packages okay. to stop this kind of endless, delayed discharges in our hospitals, which is essentially then having a knock-on impact in terms of overcrowding the emergency You departments. mentioned Bantry there in passing, and that yeah. has become a massive issue in yeah. this campaign, for the, particularly for Cork uh, Southwest. The, 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 the much feared downgrading of Bantry Hospital and the HSE says it's not happening but the GPs down there are getting a very different message. If you are sitting at the cabinet table in a couple of weeks time Michal Martin, will you prevent the downgrade of yes. Bantry Hospital? Yes, and I did will it you before. speak out against it? I will. I did it before uh, as Minister for Health I invested in Bantry Hospital um, because it's critical as, as you know, beyond Bantry, you have the entire Beira Peninsula, uh, and it, it, it has always been recognised within the health service uh, as uh, an exceptional hospital in terms of the geographic um, area that it serves. Um, and uh, that's why it has always been maintained. It's a very good hospital, it's a very effective hospital, it has saved many lives, mm. uh, and it does a great job uh, for the area that, that it serves. Which is a huge and diverse area. It's huge, geographically yeah. huge, you know, okay. if you're okay. making long distances and travelling, and uh, that's something I would be very keen because I know Margaret Murphy-Omani has been strong on about that. Christy mm. Sullivan and, and, and Dennis O'Donovan have been uh, consistently uh, pursuing that issue. Yeah. Can I talk to you about, put on the headphones there, Michal, I want to talk to you about carers because, again, it's something that has come into us quite frequently throughout the course of the campaign. And we have heard some heartbreaking stories, um, two in particular, that come to mind. One is the story of young Jamie Murray. He's eight and he's dying. And his parents, two weeks ago, reached out to us and to other media, to be fair, but to us. They reached out to see could money be raised for some hours for nursing care for Jamie. 
to that, so that his mum and dad could just be his his parents. We were delighted and proud to say that our listeners raised nearly twenty one thousand euro over the course of a number of days. But we know that that should not have to be the case. I also spoke to Brenda about her little boy Fionn, who is similarly critically ill, and she spoke to me about her daily uh, trials and tribulations and just trying to get a wheelchair for her little boy. Have a listen here. He's at risk of getting scoliosis. So nobody in the HSE could look at the bigger picture and see that, oh, let's get him his appropriate seating and prevent the scoliosis. You know, it's a very special wheelchair and it was 5,800 euros and it was the people in the community and the surrounding areas that helped us to buy that, not the HSE. How do you keep going? Oh God, I don't know. Do you know, there is days where I think I can't possibly go another minute. Then, you know, you get a little smile from him or something and it just makes you realise that God Almighty, I have to keep going for him. You know, he's all that we have. Trevor is my husband. He works very hard and he's working every hour that God sends. Yeah. And, we, you know, we're getting fun physio, private physio four days a week because if he doesn't get it, he's screaming with muscle spasms. He's bending backwards with the spasms that he gets in his back. But we have to pay for that privately as well. That's not acceptable in a wealthy country. Absolutely not. Um, and and that, that that is shocking in my view and I think the whole area of it, what, what's called the aids and appliances the wheelchairs, you know, assistive technology I think it should be automatic for children in that situation mm. I don't understand why parents have to go through these hurdles and barriers to get very basic uh, services for children who are very sick mm. and who have a chronic condition and who are ill uh, and I would like to, um, if I if I become Taoiseach or if I got elected to government, yeah. to just try and change that experience See, for people because I'm getting it. Mm. This would not uh, have been the first time we've heard these kind of stories. And I, but and the other one is therapies. If I just may, yeah. I just yeah. think access to therapies uh, simply not happening um, for too many parents. Mm. And even now, there are parents who don't know whether they'll have a school place next September. There are parents who have very irregular access to physiotherapy, occupational therapy, uh, speech and language therapy. Um, I would change that system on the therapies. I think we need to bring it into the schools and mm. education need to start employing therapists. I've said this as far back as 2016. There's yeah. a pilot that started in Dublin. It needs to happen. And I would introduce that into schools. You were in confidence and supply for the past four years. Yeah. You were more powerful, arguably, than any opposition leader in recent times to, to, to force it through, and yet you didn't. We weren't more powerful, um, as, as people might think, because we weren't in executive position. In Ireland, I know from experience a lot of uh, decision-making capacity rests with the Minister of the Day. We actually uh, budget 12 months ago, urged for the recruitment of therapists. We put money aside and they failed to deliver and execute the, the So why did you, why did you of, let uh, that budget go through? Um, so the money was put into the budget. Yeah, but why, but then did you, you expect, why did you let it happen? You expect then the agencies then to go in and employ the people. Yeah. Um, and they failed to do it. And they gave all sorts of excuses in eight, nine months on. You know the story, and unfortunately in terms of the no-deal Brexit, I couldn't pull the government down in the middle of that. I think I had to make mm. a call on I'll that. I'll come back to Brexit. Uh, we can come back to that later. But I mean, that was the... I mean, we wanted to pull it down 12 months ago. And I get the anger that people wanted this government out of office because of housing, health, and mm. and, and the, the, the attitude to children with special needs, in my view, which needs to be changed, uh, and, and their experience needs to be transformed. Like, I don't understand why someone can't make a decision here and provide a wheelchair, and provide that wheelchair for Sean and why they had to go to the, to, to the community. That shouldn't be 
uh, and the same in terms of the home care package uh, for James Murray. That that should not be mm. the case. People should people should not have, have to go to GoFundMe. Make the decision. They shouldn't have to. Do not a day goes by we they don't shouldn't get have mentioned. to do fundraising in yeah. my view, uh, and uh, we, we we need very quick humanitarian responses yeah. by our health system uh, to uh, situations like this. And As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But Michal, when you were in the position to put the government under extreme pressure in confidence and supply, they needed you more than you needed them. They needed you to keep, to keep them there. And despite all this going on, you kept them there. Well, we, we, we mean, the bottom line is the impact of a no-deal Brexit would have been extraordinary on jobs and livelihoods in this country. And that was a real threat. You remember th- th- this time last year, we passed emergency legislation in the Doyle to get ready for a no-deal Brexit in February. Uh, all the food industry would have been 
probably uh, halved in terms of, 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 of its capacity to export to Britain if WTO mm. came in. Lots of companies would have been in deep trouble, sterling and the whole rest of it. Um, I don't take chance with people's livelihoods and, life and jobs and the economy. And I wasn't going to be, um, you know, reckless about that. Uh, and irresponsible about it. Mm. And we, t- we we take a hit. We've taken a hit on that because yeah. of that. And I Again, accept that. But I, I, I will come back to you on the, on but the Brexit are, no, issue. But it is a reality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the bottom line is this. We did nothing to stop Fine Gael ministers from doing their job properly. Now, the Minister of Health didn't, and he didn't deliver. And the Minister of Housing didn't, and he didn't deliver. And I said that 12 months ago, that if it wasn't for Brexit, we'd have called a general election. And we were in a very difficult position, but we put the national mm. interest first. And I do think you need a change of government. You need more hands-on ministers uh, who will get sort these kind of issues out in advance but also put in place a proactive system that means that families don't have to go through these hurdles and can get humane responses to very genuine situations. You mentioned you mentioned uh, homelessness and that's one that has come up and you mentioned crime and antisocial behaviour. Again just stick the headphones on. This is a this is something that came up. Um, Our news correspondent Fiona Corcoran has been doing some constituency profiles and as you know uh, there's been a lot of crime and a lot of antisocial behaviour in Cork in the last number of weeks. And and she raised it on the streets with people in Blackpool in the last couple of days. The antisocial behaviour going on around the place then, you know, that it's not safe to walk in the streets at night. I have young kids and I'd like to know that they'd be able to walk up to the local shop, but they don't seem to be able to do that either, you know. Just down to lack of guards, lack of services. Um, you know, for all we know, the teenagers that are that are out causing trouble, their parents might be going through mental issues of their own, and that might be that might be left unattended. You know, we don't it's not know. Just an issue of increasing guards. There's a lot more. Yeah, there's a, it's a, there's a lot more going on. I mean, they say that our country is doing very well economically, but all you have to do is look at the streets aren't safe. There's drugs being taken around the streets. I wouldn't like to walk down um, a side street myself, even in broad daylight, because you don't know what's around the corner. Will somebody be using drugs? You know. So, I mean, what do we want? Do we want um, a country that has a really good economy or that a country that we're, we're, that's safe to walk the streets in? Out of two classes coming out of Temple Moore, Michal Martin, we got eight guards. Okay, we got some temporary ones over Christmas, but out of two classes from Temple Moore, Cork got eight guards. Now, I admit and I understand that no minister can force the hand of a guard, the commissioner, and it's the commissioner who makes the decision. But would we have got eight on your watch? Well, we should have Sorry. Got, we should have got more than, than eight. I think we were due about 30 guards um, from, because we, the guard has been increased, and I was in confidence as well, there'll be 2,000 extra guards. But, mm. co- but the How many commissioner, retired, by the way? The commissioner is saying um, that he sent them to Drogheda and sent them to the other areas where the drug gangs were were, were cre- creating huge issues. And, and there has been a, a growth in antisocial behaviour. And we've that's been very clear to us certainly in, 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 in various parts of our constituency and, and, and North Central and elsewhere um, and I think that there there's a number of issues in, from, from that there's, there's the extra guardy I think we need stronger powers because the drug menace is you know the place is awash with cocaine Mm. Um, and that's bringing all sorts of problems. Domestic violence is on the increase because of cocaine. Mm. I, I believe sexual offences is on the increase yes. because of cocaine. I mean, the figures are fairly alarming. <coughs> in, in, and in senior guards like Christy Mangan <coughs> speaking out like they never spoke out before. Correct. And I think what we need to do um, is strengthen our laws and give stronger powers to, to the guardie and that the, the 
evidence of a chief superintendent as to who's directing criminality in any locality mm. or who's a member of a gang should be admissible in evidence in court. We did it against the IRA during the 70s and the 80s and it worked and we have to give the, the, that, those extra powers and strengthen the legislation. Yeah, you mentioned also, this in another also, interview a couple of weeks ago. We so you, you, yeah. you were saying that you'd bring the special <clears throat> criminal court or an equivalent of it and bring people before a court on the evidence of, of a senior guard officer for certain crimes. Yes. And clamp down on certain crimes. Is that constitutional? Yes. In our view, Jim O'Callaghan, or, 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 who's both the senior counsellor and, and our just front bench justice spokesman, uh, is clear that it is. There was a, a power um, similar to it, but not as strong as it brought in, in back in um, 2009. Mm. Uh, but that needs to be strengthened in our view to have the equivalent of what we had um, against the provision of the IRA at the time, which was that a chief super could go in and say, you're a member of the IRA. He knew, a chief super should be able to go into the courts and say, this person is directing criminality in this locality or is a member of, of a criminal gang. Because the criminal gangs are the real blight on our society. They're now exploiting children mm. in localities. They're getting children to distribute drugs. Mm. Now, we had legislation ready before the election John Curran had basically with Fianna Fáil was saying look um, we need to give we need, we need to make sure that there's uh, longer sentences for anybody who's found guilty of um, exploiting a child for the purposes of distributing drugs Mandatory. buying or selling Mandatory yes, and, and just nail it uh, yeah. because these people need to be put away we need to smash the gangs because it's that's in turn leading to the antisocial behaviour I think we also have to look at the parents of kids who were in serial engaging in serial um, yeah. antisocial behaviour that parents need to have responsibility in terms of what their kids are doing at night a lot of elderly people are now frightened uh, you know stuff being thrown at their yeah. windows windows being broken cars being damaged that yeah. kind of thing to me people should, are afraid to go out it should buses be within being, the capacity now being stoned, of both our you know, criminal justice system bus drivers threatened with rape system to sort that out we've had a bus driver threatened with rape yes I remember I, I, you know I mean come on Michal it's yeah. gone out of control yeah, here we had the situation you know, Patrick Street not so long ago yes we had now and this is not unrelated actually. John has uh, texted a question say, could we ask Michal, will you do anything to get rid of free legal aid? Drug dealers can be arrested with 500 grand's worth of drugs on them and can get free legal aid if they're job seekers. No one has addressed this. He, he's right because I think there are, there, there are some um, constitution issues around access to the courts but I would look at that very seriously um, in terms like of... I watched it as a court report for years Michal. Particularly serial um, yeah. offenders, people who are yeah. doing it and doing it again and again and again. I watched it as, 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 as a court reporter, fellas who were caught and they did wads of cash in the back of the car they got free legal aid, come on yeah, yeah. Do you know, I'm not disagreeing with you yeah. 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 it needs to be, cha- needs to be changed um, and um, this comes in from from Deputy Mick Barry. Um, he says the Cork Mail Centre is due to shut on March the 31st. Mm. If you're Taoiseach before then, will you intervene? I think at this stage, um, and, and, and I discussed this in the dial with Mick Barry and I met with, with, with the unions and with, with on post subsequently. Um, and there was a lot, uh, the, the, the full story there to me was in terms of an earlier pay agreement some years ago that was beyond our remit where the, the National Union had agreed with on post that a sorting office in the country would be closed in return for a national pay increase. And that seems to me to be, have been the deal that ultimately spelt the debt knell for Cork because the, the, on post then took a decision as, to, as between three centres to close Cork. I think it was a wrong decision uh, because I think Cork should have um, a, a sorting centre given the size of the city, given all the plans for the city being the second uh, major city of the country. Um, but... Um, I was, I'm not entirely happy with the fact that this was the outcome of an industrial relations discussion involving the union, and they don't mm. like saying it, but it did, yeah. um, and on post, we, and, yeah. and, and 
resulting basically in the politicians but, having very little say in it. Yeah, but if the, tru- if the truth the, be quest- told, the question is, <clears throat> but the I don't question think it's, I, I'm not clear that it can't be rolled back. But we and I'm not going to make commitments in advance of an election just because we're two days out. That might please people um, because people on the ground know the realities as, as well. And I think yeah. it's, it's deeply disappointing that it's happened. <clears throat> two, two questions before I finish, and I promise you one of them is on Brexit. You don't have to promise that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your job. Um, the HSE, Michal, looking back upon its creation, did you create a monster that is now out of control and out of touch? Or do you regret that decision? No, I think it needs to be reformed. Um, I think I just basically there were 58 agencies running help before the HSE and it was necessary to pull it together. Make no apologies for that. Why? Every hospital was an independent republic, PJ. In Dublin, every hospital was an independent republic. It was crazy what was going on. Mm. We would never have dealt with heart disease and cancer if we didn't have a HSE. Mm. Uh, Because every single hospital in the country wanted to do cancer operations, and that was criminal stuff because they weren't doing it properly and the outcomes were, were poor. Um, the result, but, but what had happened in James, when James Riley became minister in 2012, or 11, sorry, he abolished the board of the HSE. Mm. And most but people, even by then it, become unman- oh no, it had no, become it unmanageable. Actually, it was doing far better prior to 2011. It actually was coming in on budget before then. He got rid of the board, which got rid of accountability, got rid of governance, mm. and it was described as administrative sabotage. And he did it for the optics, for spin. They said they were going to abolish it, but they never did because they could it's not that simple, uh, and he should never. But local control was abandoned when you set it up. There's no local control now. Back in the days of the health boards, you know, pressure could come be put to bear on local management. Now they operate no, I, I, in I, their own little fiefdoms. The Southern Health Board was a very good health board, yes. but you had health boards around the country that couldn't make decisions. I can tell you, when I was a minister for health, health boards couldn't decide where to allocate five emergency departments between three hospitals within their region. I had a deputation of twenty people from one so health you, board. So you do stand over the setting up the HSE. I think there was, no, there was we had too many independent republics in health. We okay. still have, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, the big row about the maternity hospital in Dublin is a farce. Uh, that, that you still can't let, build let alone the children's hospital. Let alone the children's hospital. But don't even go there. Which was another separate entity That, that, created, could, that should know? just have gone out to Blanchestone and that's another and I still stand over that. that yeah, that's Finally, Michal, Brexit. Now, as I said, we asked our listeners over the last couple of weeks to ask us to bring up stuff with you that interested them. Do you know how many calls, emails, texts I got about Brexit. None. None, Michal. So why the hell... I've been on doors. You, why the <laughs> hell did you sit there for the last two years and let this government do all kinds of things that affected ordinary people's lives using the excuse of Brexit? Well, it wasn't an excuse. It was a very real issue. You could and, have had an election in three weeks and like you we saw, just had. And you saw the drama uh, in, in Westminster. Yeah. And we avoided a no-deal Brexit for now. Um, and, it, oh, and once we avoided a no-deal Brexit, everyone makes a collective sigh of relief. Uh, but in advance of that, as I said, we passed emergency yeah. legislation in the dark. Yeah, but they were putting did. it off for six months at a time over there. You could run an election here in a few weeks. So there was plenty of opportunity to pull I the plug on it. Well, you couldn't pull, we couldn't pull it in February. Uh, because the no deal, the deadline was February, and no one knew what way it was going to going to break. It took three and a half years to do it. Surely, at some stage, there was uh, an opportunity within that to go. No, we're not really taking enough of this nonsense. Yeah. Well, I think. Look, I, I made a call that, in terms of the country and the national interest, and most people at the time said to me, "You did the right thing because they were all watching the chaos in Britain, uh, the, the damage you could do to Britain. It already damaged many of our people in agriculture and food in terms of the sterling uh, volatility. Uh, and look, I, we had a very real issue." No politician should put their own self-interest ahead of the livelihoods of people. That was the basic yeah, decision we but, had to make. But, but, and I think we'd have had a care. Oh, it, took us, just a minute, it took us three months last yeah. after the last election to form a government. 
you'd have had a caretaker government trying to negotiate with Europe and Brussels and, and Britain on Brexit. That would have been weak for the country. It wouldn't have been in the best interest of the country. Now, so, I get the anger, by the way. I do understand it. I, yeah, we are taking like a hit on pe- it. People were suffering. People yeah. suffered in their homes but, for various different issues. But, I also, but you stood there and said no, Brexit was more important than their no, children. No, we didn't just do that. We didn't. We, we got all the career guidance councils have been restored, 90% of them because of what we insisted on. Uh, in terms of postgraduate students, we restored partially at least to grants for those. I want to be in government, PJ. I take your point. We were in opposition. We did a unique thing to give the country a functioning Would government. Would you do it again? You have to do it. I want to be in government. Would uh, you do it again? I'd have, I'd have very strong reservations because you know me. I want to get things done. Mm. The only way in Ireland you can get things done uh, from a political perspective is to be behind the minister and finally, would you ever cut that deal with Leo and, and sit down yourselves around the table so together? People want Fine Gael out. That's the message I'm getting very Could strongly. They want, to change, yeah. they want to change a government and I think with, with other parties we can f- give that new fresh dynamism okay for a whole range of issues including climate change right. which needs to be dealt with uh, education yeah, we haven't got to that unfortunately and, and, but I know, we and look there's a lot of issues the one area that hasn't got covered in this, in this election has been education and special yeah. needs in particular well, I regret yeah. that I tried it for the last national debate yeah. um, well, well, well the local crashes you I mean, have done it here the thing that um, happened yesterday yeah. like you know that yeah. the, the, the massive this um, march in Dublin yesterday that's another yeah. mess it is that's another mess and we've, we've put in uh, we've a package of 160 odd million in our manifesto and particularly to bring the, the rate for the providers from 20 euros to 80 euros okay. a subsidy for childcare which All will right. be a big increase but more needs to be done I, I accept right. that and career pathways need to be created for people working in childcare because it's a key part of the development of any child in our society. The time has been cut. Michal, to you and all your candidates and to everybody else seeking election on Saturday. Good luck. Thank you, PJ. Corks 96 FM. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.